You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Blog Talk Radio. Sounds like he's got his pen in hand this time. We'll see. 
um, where that you know where that goes. Uh, so we'll, we'll talk, like I said, a variety of stuff. We do have some fights this weekend. Uh, Devin Haney and Eurekis Gambo on the zone. Uh, FS1 actually has an interesting prospect versus vet card that I like um, in the main event. Uh, Luis Ortiz returns. Not really that interested in the actual fight. Some uh, prospect heavyweight stuff. But this is actually it was supposed to be Ruiz and Ariola. Remember we talked about that a couple of weeks ago with uh, Jake Donovan from Boxing Scene. So not really, not really much to say. Hey. You know, this is going to be a great weekend. But let's be fair. We've had a, a – I mean, October, we've had a string of great action. And, and really, for a while now, I'm trying to think. I, basically since August, to be honest with you. This is kind of a a mild weekend, no doubt. But you never know. Maybe we'll get something that shocks us or stands out. Or obviously, Devin Haney has a chance to um, do something earlier than Tank could, you know for whatever that counts for, but it does count on watching Twitter. <laughs> um, and then uh, a couple other items as far as, um, you know, outside the ring. Um, the biggest one as far as Wilder speaks, Deontay Wilder uh, released like maybe a two-minute video or something like that. Not a whole lot of surprises there. It's funny. We already knew he had excuses. We already know that. And we already know that Glovegate, exists right we already know a bunch of this stuff we know that he didn't feel right and we've heard rumors of spiked stuff uh bought water bottles and stuff like that when i say rumors i'm saying people talking about it not that i'm actually hearing that it was actually spiked so what he really said he just put it in a video but he really didn't it wasn't a whole lot new besides who he was calling out Breland you know, his former trainer, as far as the actual water bottle, I think that's different. But for me, it's like he are, we'll talk a little bit about it, but this subject has been talked about a whole lot. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. I know some people are, are leading their podcast with it um, because it's a, it's a talker, but I don't see anything really shocking. That's new. Yeah, I don't really see too much new out of this. I think it's the same old, same old, uh, you know, Wilder who cried wolf, right? Um, it sounds like a cry wolf thing. And, and not even that, but, like, if you're going to go this route, and part of me thinks there's a small part of me that thinks it's trolling, and it's going to build the third – I mean, it's going to build the third fight regardless if it ever happens because people will run with this, you know what I mean? Um, but – some people think, oh, that he's not mentally right. Some people think he's just a super sore loser. Um, I don't forget, you know, what I heard and read about George Foreman a while back, you know, a long years ago now, but what he said after the Ali fight, um, Vladimir Klitschko, you know, after he lost, um, he, he made a big thing about his drink and, and, and all that and stuff was all messed up. So, not to say that Wilder isn't going off the deep end, but it may not just be – people are saying, oh, CTE. And it's like, well, I mean, sure, we are dealing with boxing. I mean, he's probably not – if you're saying he has it, there's probably some really nice guys that would be humble uh, and take their loss and still have CTE. So I don't know. I don't know. You know what I mean? I really don't totally know what's going on, but we'll talk about it. 
Real quick, though, if this is your first time listening to the Rope Dope Radio podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Rope Dope Radio. It streams live at Archive. It's basically the headquarters. For those who care, we do football and basketball as well throughout the year. Um, but you don't have to go to Blog Talk on Rope Dope Radio and, and download the show there or, or listen to the browser. You don't have to do that. You can find the platform at Apple Podcast um, on iHeartRadio, Player FM. Uh, tune in, Stitcher, really all across the board. We're also part of the Grilling Truth Sports Podcast Network, which can be found everywhere, including Spotify. While you're at it, why don't you uh, head on over to thegrillingtruth.com. It's boxing, it's football, it's baseball, it's back, basketball, excuse me, it's everything in between. And one more thing, if you're thinking about cutting the cord or you have, you're not quite happy, I got something for you. It's called AT&T TV Now. It's live streaming cable. Uh, they have this seven-day free trial. There's no annual contracts. Uh, the plan started as low as $55 a month. You can stream it anywhere. They have the cloud DVR. And right now, if you sign up, you do get a free month of HBO Max. Here's another layer to the deal. If you sign up for the AT&T TV Now Max package, you already get HBO Max, plus a free month of Showtime, which is normally $11 a month. That's AT&T TV Now. Okay. Okay. So, a um, couple of things that kind of crossed my mind um, when it comes to the biggest fight of the weekend, um, Gervonta Davis and Leo Santa Cruz, obviously, on uh, Showtime pay-per-view. They did manage to get over 9,000 folks at the Alamo Dome, and the venue's great for a small crowd. Um, normally, I wouldn't say that, obviously, but with to be able to pull it off, you know, you have to have a pretty large stadium. Obviously, boxing's a little different than, say, you know, an outdoor stadium or a big indoor stadium on a football field where you have 100-plus yards, right, to, to be able to sit around. And if you're in the upper deck, it's no big deal. But if you're at the yellow dome and you're in the nosebleed, you're looking at the screen, it is what it is. But even though it wasn't jam-packed in there for obvious reasons, although it would have had a nice-sized crowd. Of course, they probably would have done it in the Staples Center. But I got to admit, it was nice. It was nice to hear it, and it did add to it, no doubt about it. And even though it was pro-Leo Santa Cruz, I mean, there was Gervonta fans, obviously, but you could really hear no, no, you know, big surprise in San Antonio. I did like how they had you know, Barrios, and I did how, like, they, they shaped the local fighter, the regional fighter thing. That actually made the, made a difference, too, for the crowd and, and getting into it and whatnot. But it was nice, I got to say. And, you know, we gave credit we gave credit to uh, top ranking Bob Arum for coming back when nobody was back in June and July. And you could say whatever you want. You know, the, it was mediocre product overall. We had some upsets. We had some good fights. Some okay fights, whatever, and then some just four and six rounders that they were, it was bad. But, you know, it is what it is. They still went first. They still had to overcome some stuff in the amount of, you know, main events they lost from COVID and then injury. It wasn't, it wasn't the exact schedule that they had even planned. But either way, we gave them credit for that. So we're going to give credit to the PBC for being the first to bring back, like, a, a, a fairly big crowd in. So right off the bat, that was pretty cool. Um, and 
there was two things. Leo Santa Cruz, was he going to be in this fight? I talked about how there was plenty of people saying he was completely shopworn, completely past his prime. He's a nice guy, but he has no business even. It sounded like they were saying, why is he even fighting anymore? And I guess after a knockout like this, making some good money and all that, you know, I guess you could make that. I mean, anytime someone gets slept, there is some possibility that you're not going to fight again when you're in your 30s or whatever. But I thought he got, you know, downgraded a lot. Um, And he won rounds. A lot of people had this thing three to two. Um, he, He was in the fight. And he made a mistake in the end, sure, but if you've seen Leo Santa Cruz fight defensively, he's not the most sound guy, and that's, I thought, was the biggest problem. But Tank, the other thing with Tank was he looks 100% focused, but we got to see him on the scale and we got to see him on the ring. And uh, clearly he was on point. And, you know, I tweeted this after, and I've said this many times about him. I tweeted it after the Gamboa fight too. You know, you got to be 100% in the ring to show yourself like that. And he's still, you know, a young fighter, relatively speaking. And it's not like he's taking beatings and stuff like that. So, you know, to be turned on fully and show what you have, the speed, the explosiveness, your skills, the, when you can put combos together, you got to be 100% tuned in. And he clearly now has the message. He's been really hit or miss with what kind of shape he comes in, the Gamboa, that great, uh, yada, 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 right? Now we're going to see if he can keep this focus. And I like that he's talking about uh, just training in Vegas every time or maybe even moving out there for a good chunk of the year. Especially over the winter, it's still going to be hot enough there to where you can go for running and get a good sweat. (laughs) No, but um, I I like what I see out of his mentality after the fight, too, saying he's going to take about a week or two off and then get back in the gym, and we'll see. We'll see. But as far as the action goes, um, I did give Davis the early rounds. Clearly, he was was trying to land the uppercut early and often. Um, A few right hands and some jabs by Santa Cruz. Um, I just thought really the last half of the first round, the harder shots were, were, were Santa Cruz. Um, that, that's, I thought it was pretty – I'm sorry, <laughs> we're Tank Davis. Um, then I did give Santa Cruz the second. I thought his jab and some of the body work um, that he was doing, you know, was doing something there. I believe that was the round that he threw, uh, Davis threw down Leo there for a second. Davis was a little bit on the move, and Santa Cruz kind of bringing it to him. Um, in the third round, you had Leo with the long jab. I thought he did that pretty well. Davis had his jab going too. Um, but you could start to see he was landing some, some really clean shots again. He didn't really do as much Davis in the, in the second round. The fourth round was a back and forth round. That was definitely a back and forth round. Um, a few Really solid flurries by Santa Cruz may have won the round form. Early and late, some uppercuts and hooks that landed for Tank could have won that round. That was a close round. The fifth round, Santa Cruz got off to a good start and had some late combinations. But the combination punching, uh, the uppercuts obviously by Davis, 
the pivot and circling that he was showing there in the fifth round too <clears throat> was enough for me to give it to Davis. Um, and then the sixth round comes around. Santa Cruz is actually doing really well in, in a good parts of that round. He, he landed his jab. He landed his right hand behind it. He landed some left hooks. Uh, I think there was like a low blow in there. Just uh, Davis was doing some body work. I believe there was a low blow. Um, and then all of a sudden, um, you could see that um, Leo Santa Cruz is you know, near the ropes, then on the ropes. And he threw a right hand, threw a right hand, and then threw another one. And Tank just came up under. It looked like he was going to go to the body. Kind of looked like Leo was kind of bracing for that because he knew he was out of position. Especially that third one. It was just a, it was a weak punch that he shouldn't have thrown. And bam, the uppercut landed with just sheer accuracy and speed and just lights out. It was like a half a hesitant or, you know, like a hesitation, and then you're, he's done. And he just walked away. And the thing about boxing is you go, oh, you know, you're like, whoa. And then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, he's not moving. Okay, let's let's now focus on Leo Santa Cruz here. And it kind of reminds me, I mean, Ricky Hatton did a lot less, obviously. But that type of feel where you're like, wow, Pacquiao just landed this crazy punch on Hatton. And my whole, there was probably eight or ten people in the room, and the whole place erupted. But that landed, you know, that, that after it landed, we saw him fall. It was like, whoa. And then all of a sudden it calmed down with a quick looking at Hatton on the ground. You know what I mean? So, and that's how boxing is, man. It's, it's, it's up, it's down, it's all over the place. Once we saw Leo, you know, come to off the concussion and, and smile and, and, and look okay, then you're like, okay, now we can, re- and that's why they always obviously wait to show the highlights. You know what I mean? They can't have a guy or a gal, for that matter, um, on the ground, hurt, hurt, and uh, showing highlights of it, you know what I mean? you got to wait a little bit, right? So, um, wow. You know, you can say what you want about Tank, and there's plenty to say. Uh, lack of discipline in and outside of the ring. Um, but when he's turned on, when he's fully turned on, he and there's only been a handful of fights where he wasn't. You can basically tell pretty and this guy at 130 and 135 is dangerous to anybody. I tweeted that after the fight. And, and I even got a couple of direct messages. Somebody texted me that didn't want to say it on Twitter or something. It was kind of weird. But, you know, they're already – no, but no, but they're all getting defensive about the 135-pounders. And I said I said he's dangerous. I didn't say he's the top dog and he'll one-punch KO. You know, it, it's funny how – just timid everybody is when it comes to this stuff. Um, Teofimo had his weekend. Now Tank's got his weekend. You know what I mean? Like, it's not a big deal. But if anybody gets caught with that punch, it's either curtains like they're not going to be able to finish the fight or get up probably, or they're going to be concussion punch. Now, saying that doesn't mean that I think that Shakur Stevenson or Haney, or, um, you know, Teofima Lopez, whatever, Loma. I'm not saying they put themselves in the situation where he, he, he's going to throw three right hands and lead himself. You know, I'm not saying – I'm saying if, if, capital I, capital F, if that punch lands on anyone, it's curtains. 
you're either going to be out, out, likely out, out, or hurt to where you're not getting up, or you're going to get up and you're going to be in trouble, and he's going to jump on you. So when he's turned on, he's a he's the he's I think he's the most dangerous guy, and, and that's saying a lot because Tiafimo has that one punch knockout too, like crazy too. Um, both of them might say that's where the, the you know the, I think that's fair. I don't think that's really stretching it right. Say Tiafimo and Tank for one thirty and one thirty five of the most powerful guys. Now, you know we got to see Ryan Garcia and if he can do that on the higher level. You know he's done that, but not guys that are top tier, top ten guys or whatever. But phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal ending, phenomenal everything, man. I mean that was uh, that was ridiculous. <laughs> that was freaking. Um, but, you know, I'll say this. Like I said, Santa Cruz, um, you know, he he got disrespected. The guy was doing really well. Um, and now he's in a situation where, you know, his father obviously has gone through some tough times. And, you know, they've already had, a, you know, a couple scares with him, a scare a couple years ago, a scare this year. Um, right now he's not doing that well, so, you know, thoughts and prayers, and I'm not saying that empty, uh, you know, so much of that is said on Twitter um, for, you know, other events in our country, but uh, really, thoughts and prayers go out there, and this is another thing that you saw Tank taking that step towards maturity and saying, you know, the real champion is Leo's, Leo's father, and, um, and saying a lot of uh, respectful things after, because Leo fought his ass off, too. Leo fought his ass off. Now we all knew this fight. Any any fight that tanks in can end in a vicious knockout. But you can't tell me he one side whitewashed him because he won a round. I mean, I think he won two rounds, um, at least one. Uh, but he fought really well. He fought really well. It just it, it was going to be a bad matchup for him. I don't think size played as much because. You know, there were times when he's coming forward, but there's time where he's circling and pivoting, too. And obviously the time shot, he got hit, sure, but I, I don't know. I, I just think that, uh, well, anyway, it was, a, it was a great, great fight. Now, you know, uh, or it wasn't a great fight. It was a two-way scrap that was entertaining and had a highlight real knockout in a card full of, you know, knockouts. So... We will get to what's an extra tank, and when I go through all this stuff, we'll, we'll kind of cover that up with, with uh, when we talk about the music and the anyway and all that. I'll just kind of get through, um, you know, some more of these, uh, some more of these fights too. Um, and it was, I'll tell you what, it started out with a surprise. All four knockouts, which uh, you know you don't always see that, uh, but casual friends definitely like that. Um, regardless, that's just how it goes. Uh, but I really, I mean, part of me was a little disappointed in the first fight because I thought it was going to be a good test and be competitive fight for Isaac Cruz. And on paper, it was the most, may have been, I think it was the second closest on paper at the betting lines, maybe the third closest. Um, so it was supposed to be competitive. This was supposed to be a good fight, Diego Magdanello and Isaac Cruz. But Isaac Cruz came out and just put on this body attack that was just relentless. And uh, before you know it, it's, it, I mean, he's landed hooks to the head and body, but mostly body, with both hands too. 
And next thing you know, he's on the ground, and you're like, what the hell's going on? Oh, my God. And, and Magdanella was, like, on the rope, like, within seconds, it felt like. And Cruz, you know, this fucking guy, then he had, like, a double left uppercut for the KO. It was a wrap first round. I was I was shocked that it was so early, not shocked that he won, but, wow, Isaac Cruz put some folks on notice. Now, 21-1. and one. He's not an old guy with that record. Well, I shouldn't say he's old with, what, 23 fights or something. But this guy is a guy that you look at his record and go, oh, yeah, whatever. But, I mean, this kid's coming up. This kid's coming up. Huge win from Isaac Cruz. And, obviously, at 135, right, that's where he's at. Um, there's a lot of talent out there. We'll see where that goes. But, man, um, at some point, Cruz and uh, Gervonta would be a good fight, I think. Uh, but anyway, um, moving on, Regis Trogray and Juan Hereldes. Um Hereldes, you know, didn't really get much accomplished in this fight. Um, this was more of the showcase variety. Progray did have a, you know, an issue getting that last little bit off for weight. Um, so, and he, he did talk about how, you know, it's his fault. Tuesday, you know, because of the COVID thing, he didn't know he was going to, I don't know. He said, you know, I can say this, but everybody else made the weight. You know, we know it's a different weight thing now, but, you know, he, he like the, when I say a different weight thing, I'll explain a little more. We all know, like, that the whole setup's different. I think they did a really good job on the Charlo brothers when they showed it was just this empty room with, like, a, a you know, a, a, a bike and a running tr- a treadmill. So, you know, like, it is different. It is different. You're not going to necessarily get the sauna. You're not going to – but you have to prepare for that. Benavides talked about that, too, but you have to prepare for that. And you could have done – I mean, I lost weight as a wrestler in my bathroom. I just turned the, the heat on, turned into a sun, do push-ups and sit-ups and jumping jacks and freaking mountain climbers and just sweat. You know what I mean? So it is what it is. Um, but, you know, I, I get, we, we are starting to see some, some folks this happening too. But still, it, it, professionalism is professionalism. There's no point. In, you know, to be fair – Regis said, I have some reasoning. It's not good enough. It's my fault because everybody else did. So he did own up to it. Um, but he came out looking for the knockout. I mean, Herelda's had his jab pumping early and often as much as he could. Um, left hooks to the body and head by Progray. I mean, by the end of the round, the first and the second round, actually, he was starting to already land that straight left hand, like, super, super hard. And... Uh, you know, maybe, you know, Heraldas would get off to a good start, but then, boom, he'd get caught with something. And that's kind of what happened early in that, what was that, the third round or something like that? Yeah, it was the third round. Got off to a pretty good start. Um, and just got caught with the counter left hand uh, that dropped him. And he went, Heraldas went down hard. I mean, program, we know he's got a lot of power. 25-0, and 0, 21 knockouts now. Uh he had like a flurry after that TKO. It was a wrap. Um, so the second fight played out much like I thought it would be. I thought he would be able to take care of him within probably six to eight rounds or something like that, or something, you know, like that too. 
which he did, right? Um, but the others, you know, the first fight, I, I didn't. I liked that he we saw some action and it was fun. And I still liked it because it was a surprise KO, but um, I just thought it would go, you know, longer. Now, what I thought would be a good TV fight turned out to be just that between Mario Barrios and Ryan Carl. Um, it took a couple of rounds, I think the third round, until Carl actually won a round. But um, he was landing in spots early in this fight. The cleaner puncher was Barrios, clearly. Uh, but there was two-way action in the fight, the, the second round for sure. Uh, that's kind of a dumb way to put it. You know, oh, there was action in this fight. Well, if Carl's in a fight, it, there's going to be action. Um, and he was kind of already getting by the second round, already trying to make it a little rough and tumble. You know what I mean? Um, but Barrios was timing him really well, and I thought he was actually working the body really well, too. Um, you could probably say that Barrios overall landed the better or the harder shots, probably. Yeah, the better shots in round three, but the busier, and I think the guy who finished stronger was um, Ryan Carl in the third round. So I think that's the only one I, I did end up giving to him, I believe. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure. So. But, you know, that's not to say, like I said, Carl didn't do his thing. He was still getting off. He just, by the time the fourth and fifth round... Don't let impaired driving ruin your holiday. Always have a plan for a sober ride. D.C. police are arresting drunk and drug drivers. Drive sober or get pulled over. Message from the District Department of Transportation and Metropolitan Police Department. Haverty's Furniture is here to help you get your home all set for the new year so you can set the stage with more style, set the bar more beautifully, and set a more show-stopping table. Let's set some time aside to settle in on a new sofa together because being at home shouldn't mean having to settle for less. And Haverty's Furniture can help you start the new year off right at their holiday savings event so you can create the perfect setting. And right now, everything's on sale store-wide. He was just kind of more under control, landing his shots, pivoting. It was just a fun fight, you know what I mean? And Barrios in that fourth round, I think with about 30 or 40 seconds left, hurt Carl pretty good. Um, he did bounce back Carl actually in the in the fifth round with a jab and a few nice lands. I'm not saying he won the round, but I, I thought he came out better uh, than I thought he would because it was like, oh, okay, I thought maybe he was going to be done. But overall, Barrios still, you know, landed the better shots. And then 20 seconds in, it's a knockdown. Um, Carl landed several right hands after the knockout. There was a clash of heads, a really bad cut above um, Carl's eye. I thought it was, like, right between the damn eye, but then I saw it was a little off there. Um, And then, like, uh, I think it was two left hooks while they were exchanging just dropped it. You know, it, it is what it is. You know what I mean? It, it is what it is. So, you know, they were trying to say, oh, it's too bad Carl got a cut because he was going to make a big comeback or something. I saw some people saying. And the broadcast team alluded it, alluded to it too as well a little bit. I mean, he had a good fifth and sixth round. I'm not saying that, but he did get knocked down early in the sixth round. But he landed several right hands back. <laughs> that was what was fun about it. But if you look at the body work overall, 37-2. to two. Talk about headhunt. Barrios was all over that body. And then same with Japs, 101 to 24. I mean, that's a lot of land. 
126.64 overall, uh, 43% to 18. So that's basically it was just a the sharper, faster, better fighter. Obviously, and, and Barrios needed a night where he didn't have a crazy two-way fight like he had. I think he needed this to kind of get over the hump of his last fight. Um, so overall, though, um, I was happy. I was happy with it. I, I knew it was going to be action-packed. I did think that they needed that first fight to turn out, you know, and not be some kind of just boring fight or something like that. Um, so we got a surprise, but yeah, I'd say my only complaint uh, would be that the first fight that it didn't go long enough. But like I said, Isaac Cruz, it's still a surprise. So I, I'm not mad at it. I'm not saying it's a bad fight. Um, I, I'm just being selfish. <laughs> That's all I wanted to see more of it. But Cruz was like, nah, dude, you don't get paid for overtime. And I'm a young, dangerous dude who came up. People look at my record and, and it doesn't look great, but he's a young guy. So a lot of these folks, I mean, how many times have we seen a Mexican fighter, you know, lose some fights in the first 16 fights, first 10 fights, whatever. I mean, Canelo fought freaking uh, Vasquez early in his career, who turned out to be a champ at what, lightweight. So, I mean, like it just, they just come up a different way and you have to respect it because that's part of their development. And, and sometimes we say, oh, once a fighter loses, we just throw them out. Well, if a fighter's losing, like, from age 16 to 22, how much can you really take in there on the pro level? And even on the amateur level, right? Because that's okay to lose in the amateurs, right? To still be a good pro. So this crew is going to be a handful. Let's just put it that way. But anyway, um, so I, 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 like the, I like the card. And like I said, I think Leo Santa Cruz was uh, really disrespected from a handful of these uh, folks, especially Mannix. I, I told you that he literally said that he was shot in a shop-worn, done fighter, just done. And it's like, really? Now, I never said 130 was his best weight. He's much more comfortable at 126, but at least he had time to he had a fight there, and he did – have all this year to be comfortable with the weight. So he looked pretty damn good in the fight. And I think that people thought it was who, who thought it was going to be a one-sided slaughter. Clearly that didn't happen. Um, as far as like Gervonta, where is he going to go? Um, you know, I, uh, well, actually I said I was going to kind of cover the top three uh, before I, I'll, I'll kind of get through some of this. So let's get to, uh, in a way, against Maloney. Um, there was a long break before the main event, and it really didn't add up to me. Um, and it's funny because this fight only went, what, seven rounds? And the other one went six rounds. So if they would have started it, it just it's just weird to be like, well, we're here now. We know that the main event's going to start here kind of soon on the other thing. We're going head-to-head. Let's put in some, like, long-ass promo, you know? So that was kind of weird. Um, and I could see why they did some promo stuff off that first fight, um, you know, on the pay-per-view card, because they only went one round. But that was a kind of a scratch-your-head moment. It's like, hey, why not just do it? Why, why do we have to have such a long break before the main event? It's not like it's a big, big fight. And you might as well get as many people now 
you know, but anyway, it is what it is. Um, I mean, obviously, in a way, dominated this fight. Um, you know, he was jabbing, kind of flicking with the jab, then a couple of nice ones, a couple de- decent lands or whatever. Maloney landed a nice left hook. Um, but, you know, in um, actually a few right hands, I'll say, too. Not enough to win the round. Speaking of right hands, hard right hands and uppercuts uh, from Inouye was really doing the trick. You know, no doubt about it. Um, oh, wow, the heck. Um, and, you know, it, oh, shit, what the heck, man? It's kind of freezing up on me. Huh. Okay, right now... Okay, um, anyway, I just got a message saying they're having problems. Uh, I just refreshed my switchboard. We'll see if that uh, does the trick. But anyway, um, hard right hands, uppercuts. He was uh, in a way with landing hooks, uh, more uppercuts. Uh, and, and by the fourth round, he really started to unload. You could start to really see, okay, I'm going to start to ramp this up. And then a big right hand, maybe the last 40 seconds or so, really rocked Maloney in the fifth round. Um, and I think it was a it was a left it was a left hand um, knockdown, probably 30 seconds or so into the round. Um, and then several hard right hands, uh, you know, by anyway before the actual you know perfectly timed punch. And that's what it was. It came off like a counter straight down the pipe, right hand that just landed perfectly. I mean, he really put it on him. Um, And right now, I see a handful of folks that came in in the last five minutes. I am having a little issue with my switchboard, um, but I'm going to try to – I just got help. So I think I'll be able to unmute you guys and everything like that. It's, it's, It's showing me a screen that's up like a normal screen, but I'm not able to even hit the damn button to unmute you or mute you, I guess, but you're already muted off the bat. So um, please be patient with me. Um, but, and actually, let me make sure I'll return the uh, help to me again to make sure. Um, but, I mean, like I said, it, it was just picture perfect. Picture perfect, man. It, it, it was it was phenomenal. Just, just frozen. And it was done. It was over. Anyway, gets the job done in spectacular uh, fashion, no doubt about it. Uh, Michaela Mayer won over, uh, what is it, Bronishka? Bronishka, I think that's what it was. Um, I would probably give her opponent the fourth and the seventh. She landed a couple of decent, like, shots on the inside. Um but other than that, she, you know, um, Michaela was landing the better shots. Uh, she actually was going to the body, sometime really hard, sometime kind of shoe shine. You could tell, even in the locker room, you could tell that she was bracing herself for an inside fight because she was working on stuff that the opponent, you know, was going to get close to her. She was going to land a punch and then clear space and then land another one. I saw her working on that a couple of times. And – for the most part, I thought she did pretty good with that. Um, 
it got a little rough on the inside, you know, but like I said, I thought she was just in control, winning the rounds, um, using like a combination of in and out skills. And she may have not landed her best punch all the time. Um, both of them were kind of missing a fair amount. I think that's the biggest thing about Bronicia. Uh, she was just missing too much. And uh, Michaela was just better. She was just better overall. I, I don't think that was, you know, up for grabs. I had an 8-2, to two, um, maybe 9-1. to one. Uh, The scorecards run 100, two of them 100 to 90, and 99 to 92. Um, and then Coria, th- this one, this one threw me off. So Coria against Conceso, was it Conceso? I think that's how you say that. Um, this one threw me off because I'm not. I don't think Coria won all the rounds or nothing like that. But I didn't see him losing this fight. Um, I gave him the first two rounds. Well, obviously you got to give him. I mean, you got to give him the first three out of four, right? Because there's. There's a there was a a left hook. Well, I, I thought he won the first round. Left hook that dropped him in the second round. Uh, maybe you can give Conceso the, um, the the pressure. He was he was doing all right with the pressure. I thought he landed some better shots, uh, some nice hooks. He did have a nasty cut on his lip in the third. But then once again, um, well, you know what? It, the ten eight round was yeah, that's right because it was a uh, it was a it was a low blow. Right, but that was a great round. That fourth round was a great round. So really, and I remember having a little question mark there. That I, you know, that one might be a ten to nine round. I'd have to watch that again because maybe Conceso did actually win that round. Um, but I thought Correa won the, the fifth round. Um, there was some close stuff in here, though. I'm not going to say you know because then it flipped to the other side. They were exchanging. You know, and, and some nice uppercuts, a close round, nice uppercuts by Correa. But uh, Conceso, he was landing these wild hook shots, and they were finding a home. And so I definitely gave him that round. Uh, seventh round, I thought um, there was more exchanges, but I thought the busier fighter, the better shots was Correa. Um, going back to the eighth round, um, I gave that to Conceso. He landed the harder shots for me. Now, the ninth round, that was close because, like, early in Coria was doing damage, but he didn't finish as strong. So that could have – that's a swing round right there. Really fun last round. Um, but overall, I had it about six to four. Um, and I'd probably go on the seven to three than I would six to four. Well, yeah, I'd go – I'm pretty – let me see here. Yeah, I'd go pretty, pretty healthily six to four, obviously – there's a knockdown in there. There's a point deduction. In the point deduction, it seemed like it was a little early. Um, you know, maybe I wasn't paying attention enough and looking at my phone, looking at boxing Twitter on something or returning text or something. But I didn't see, like, I mean, usually it's not just one warning anyway. And it's not like there was an early uh, – low blow that like dropped the guy and they had to take a big four minute break. And so, Hey, you do it again, you know, you're going to get deducted. So I, I, I could see something there, but either way, um, 94, 93 and 95, 92. So they were in favor, clearly uh, not a Coria. And I did think he won the fight, but it was competitive. I wouldn't mind seeing them, you know, 
double up and doing it again, to be honest with you. Um, so we'll see. We'll see if that were to happen. But I was a little close fight. And, and you know, like I said, the, the fourth round, that is debatable because maybe he shouldn't have gotten that point deducted that early. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm going through, like, the first three rounds of my head, and I'm like, was there, like, a really bad low blow that I, I just don't remember? Did, did he get all these warnings? I, I don't I don't know. I'm not sure about that one. Um, but anyway, he won the fight. Like I said, I'd like to see a rematch. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, let's see here. And I'm still uh, waiting on – I literally – there's not even are you ready to give your employees and customers smooth secure digital experiences then you need ping identity as an identity security pioneer ping champions your unique identity so your employees can be productive rock stars and your customers can engage with your brand wherever and however they want with lovable digital experiences i'm the chief identity champion and i'm here to help visit pingidentity.com today You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed like the correct buttons to hit to let callers in right now. So if you guys want to hang out, I'll try, you know, I should be able to get you guys in uh, once I get the help through blog talk. So they're fixing it right now. So um, hang on. I apologize. I know there are some people that want to uh, to speak and give their mind here. Give their take. Um, let's move on to the zone. Well, here's two things about the zone. So, for the first, like I mentioned, I think I mentioned this last week, maybe this week before, but zone I never had really any issues with the zone for like the first year and a half or something like that. And I started having issues this summer when they came back. So what was that, late July or something like that? I started having some issues. And here's the issue. So I can watch the fights live. If I'm just watching them live and I turn on the broadcast, I'm usually pretty good there. And mind you, that first year and a half that I said I had no problems, I saw a bunch of people with problems. I didn't have any problems. But now I'm having issues with it. And like I said, I've taken it on, taken it off multiple times. Um, I go to other apps. I mean, I'm watching the Showtime app. Like I'm watching, you know, I, I have streaming cable. So, like, I'll know if my Internet's just fucked up. So it's definitely not that. And so my point is with Mungia and Johnson, I watched like a little bit of the first fight, but it kept, it would just freeze. Like it wasn't buffering. It would just freeze. And it would be a blank. It wouldn't even show the screen. It would just freeze and it'd be a black, like fade to black. And then it'd pop back on. Or it would restart the whole car or just restart, you know, the individual fight. And so... I set some more time out to be like, okay, well, usually the next day or two, especially when they put it in individual fights, you know, on the archive, then I'm usually good. Then I'm, then I'm usually don't have problems. And that was the case with everything else uh, with the Usyk 
card, no problems there. But for whatever reason, I just couldn't get through Mingia and Johnson, and I just didn't, timing-wise, I didn't have time to go look for it on the Internet and do it. You know, I only had a, a, a little bit of time there. So, And I kept taking it on and off just to make sure it wasn't bad um, and trying to get help for it. So I don't know. I don't know what, what what's up with that, but I'll say this: I did get to. I watched actually. I watched the uh, the Selby in the um, Camposo Camposos fight, and the Camposos fight was actually on the long one, the six hour card. And so I watched the individual one for the Usyk Chisora, and I had no problems with the app at all. So, and I noticed um, who was it? Was it Wood? I think Wood said he had problems. Uh, with this app, but I think that was live. I don't know. But anyway, let's talk about the fight. Usyk, Chisora. I get Chisora the opening two rounds, the pressure, uh, the combinations to the body. There was a late straight right hand in the first round. Second round, Usyk. To me, he didn't have much zip on his punch right away. Um, he was on the move. Uh, he was busy, but he, was just, he just didn't have a whole lot of zip. Took him a little bit to kind of adjust, which is no, you know, no really, uh, surprised because Chisora was going to try to steamroll roll him and, and push him into the corner and all that. So he, he like, um, he won the second round off like an overhand right and a couple of, like, punch him with the free hand in the clinch. I thought he did that pretty well. He closed stronger. But um, then I think I only gave him one or two more rounds tops um, because then – you really started to see Usyk make the adjustment. He started, you know, uh, using his jab, double, triple, with the pivot or just a scoring. Um, now, the fourth round, that was a close round, and, and I, st- I think I gave that one to Chisora. He was boxing well, Usyk, in spots, um, but the body work and the right hand kind of a whacking right hand. Um, in the overall body attack, I still maybe thought he won that round, but that was about it, dude. I mean, Usyk then started pumping his jab, double and tripling it. I think he got the adjustment he made was a couple of them that I, I talked about a little bit, but the, he had a better distance. And then he started bringing out that um, overhand or straight left hand. And from there on, he was pretty much in control. Landed the jab with some hard hooks and then be on the move, and, and he kind of dip in and dip out and circle and reset, and then I thought he was in complete control, landing hard combinations, dipping in and out, sticking and moving, mixing up the speed on his punches. Uh, you may have given the 10th round, maybe, um, you know, with, with a few, maybe a couple more nice lands by Chisora, but that was it. Um, you could see after that round, though, Chisora was just getting tired. There was even that moment where he started walking away from Usyk, and he literally kept walking, 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 walking. It was like, hey, hey, you're in a fight. Okay, I'm back. You know. So when I saw that, I saw that's obviously Usyk turning him around, just outboxing him, you know. And that's obviously what he's got to do at this weight class. So I had it nine to three for Usyk. Maybe you could go eight to four, um, you know, if you gave him the the first, second, fourth, and tenth. But you know. I'm comfortable with nine to three, whatever. Um, Scorecards had it seven to five, two of them. That was a little funky. Uh, 115, 113. But hey, we've seen a lot more funky, right? And then 117, 112. I thought it was just a very sturdy 
performance by Usyk after those first couple of rounds. Like I said, he was just in control. He boxed beautiful. That's what he's going to have to do in all these fights. I'll say his body, though, didn't look great. Not to sit there and say he was chubby or nothing like that. But I don't know. Maybe it was just the first couple of rounds. But he, his overall, he didn't. His hand speed to me seemed a little, little short of it. Now you know he, he's he's dealt with some injuries and he's uh, had some time out of the ring. When was that fight with Witherspoon? Now that I think about it, but because um, this fight was going to happen like in the spring, right? So all in all, a very good performance. You know, I just I don't know still yet if he can. Uh, well, we don't know if he could take a too many big punches because Chisora couldn't land it. Now, if he's taking on Anthony Joshua, who can't cut the ring off, if he's on the move the whole time and he scores points, he might be able to outbox him. Wilder is a, you know, is not as technical as Anthony Joshua. We all know that, but he has quicker feet, and at some point he will get to you, even if it's about, like, taking some quick steps <laughs> towards you to close the gap. Um but I think if, if, in fact, it is Joshua next, and that's what he was saying, hey, he's going to force the issue, I, I don't blame him. I mean, it's a big-ass payday, and he is the mandatory. So you can't sit there. And I know we want to see Fury against AJ, obviously. And if they can get some step-aside money or they just drop the belt, you know, that's fine too. Um, but it was looked, looked pretty good. I, th- I thought he looked very good uh, for what, he, you know, what he's going to have to do at this weight class. I just don't for sure know if the weight looked that good on him, if you know what I mean. He was a tad bit arm punchy. Now, he hurt him. He hurt him in this fight. But, I mean, you know, Chisora gets hurt in a lot of fights, but, you know, he did hurt him. So I'm not saying he doesn't have power or nothing like that, and it did seem like once he warmed up, he was able to be a little bit more fluid. Um, But... It's part of the adjustment with the body, and, and, and we'll see. We'll see. Um, real quick, though, the DAZN, Lee Selby, and uh, – uh, oh, Cambosos. Um, Cambosos. Uh, this, was a, this was a competitive fight, I thought. Um, I thought it was pretty competitive. Selby came out jabbing nicely, gave him the first round. Um, or wait, the first round was kind of – not much happened. The second round, I had a question mark, actually, in the first round. Second round, jabbing nicely. Uh, third round, I thought uh, it was George, right? That's who, that's who the, uh, his first name is, George. Um, I thought he landed some clean overhand rights early and a few other nice shots that won him the round. Then the fourth, to me, the jab, a few right hands. Um, and the jab and some movement with some late right hands in the fifth. So the fourth and fifth, I gave Selby. Then I thought uh, Cambosos really made a nice run. Um, I gave him the sixth, the seventh, um, looking at my scorecard. In the eighth, uh, he started. He actually started landing some nice counters behind his jab, some short shots to the head and body. It seemed like his shots just added up to more, if that makes sense. Um, was it the seventh or eighth round? They, where the, 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 the round stopped a minute early. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at the clock. I'm going, am I just, like, am I not paying attention here? That was kind of funky. The ninth round was close. The ninth round was close. I could have won either way, so the first and ninth. Selby, I thought, um, I gave him the tenth round. 
the jabs and, and some really nice counter right hands. They both were landing counter right hands, actually. Um, but I but I gave it to Selby. Then in the 11th round, I gave it to uh, Cambosos. Uh, short uppercuts and body work, whereas Selby was mostly jab. A really close 12th round. You could have said Selby was the busier, you know. Um, but I had it. I had it right around because I said that there's some swing rounds in there, so I had it right around seven to five. Um, you know, I did think he did enough, and I thought he landed the better shots. Um, if you had it a draw or maybe seven to five the other way, I'm trying to look like one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, yeah, I, it's a close fight. I could see a draw. I don't know if I could say that I, I could see uh you know, Selby winning this fight seven rounds, but I just counted about two or three swing rounds, right? So it was a close fight. Um, Selby won one of the scorecards, 115-114. Then there was a 116-111 or 112, 8-4. But then there was 118-110, which I didn't, you know, that was a scorecard that was like way off base to me. I, I didn't I didn't see how that was a thing. Let's say that. I did not see how that was a thing. So I'm getting some help here. It looks like they're going to be done here really quick. You guys can still hang on because we do have some time left in the show overall. Just because the live show's ending, you can stay right here. If you're um, in the browser, you should dial 646-381-4990. That's 646-381-4990. But other than that, um, like I said, I believe that will be uh, we'll be able to you know chime you in really quick, um, and I think I don't I don't I don't know it's still showing it. Let me try to refresh it again. All right, let's see here. Hmm. All right. So anyway, um, so for Usyk, obviously, you know, in a perfect world, you know, AJ just fights Pulev. Fury's fighting whoever he's going to fight now. And then they meet, you know, sometime 2021, whether that's, you know, May or something like that, right? That's the perfect world. And Usyk, uh, it probably would help him to get another, uh, you know, heavyweight fight. I don't think it would hurt him besides the fact that it's a risk for not, you know, taking a big payday. But honestly, if they can't, like figure that out if they can't um i don't know like i see both sides i would like to see the big fight we, we, they both have one fight get it over with and then see the big fight now i don't give a shit if uh he drops the you know the Usyk mandatory what is that the wba or the w oh, it's probably the WBO. um i could care less about if he drops the belt, oh, it's not undisputed. Who gives a flying fuck? It's for the lineal title. Fury, Fury's the number one guy. Wilder had a chance to fight him. He lost. Now, now I think I think Wilder should get his rematch because that's what they agreed to, but that's neither here or there. You know, and Fury has every right to walk away, after, you know, not not randomly not want to fight in January or February. It is kind of random. I have to fight in December. I don't I don't know. It is what it is. But either way, I just don't think we have to wait again 
You know what I mean? I really don't want to wait more. So if anybody's going to talk about the, and plus once they get the belts all together, you really, so if Fury wins, which a lot of people think Fury will beat AJ, I mean, the most people think are, you know, the majority, whatever that is. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Um, I mean, I don't care. If they fight, you really think Fury's going to keep all the fucking belts? You think he gives two shits about those belts, dude? No. And same with Joshua. You think he's going to, you think he's going to, you know, I mean, if there's a rematch, okay, so let's say there's a fight, then they have a rematch because Eddie's talking about two fights next year. Well, then they're going to have to pay two Step aside, Usyk. I don't think so. Already, there are going to be. Well, they're going to make a lot of money because it probably will be. It'll probably be in the Middle East. Is what I'm, what I'm saying. Okay, so I've got. Okay, all right. So I just got to refresh it again. It looks like it's back to, back to good. Ooh, a couple people dropped off. They didn't want to hang, huh? That's too bad. I would have got you in, but I, I can't help if you know. There's a little problem, but I got you, and I see you, 503. You don't have to press 1. I got you. But anybody else that's on and wants to press 1, it looks like it's good to go now, so feel free. The peop- There was a couple of people that were on there. Kind of weird. They came in at the same time, so I wouldn't doubt if, you know, that track record, usually one was private, one was, you know, so I wouldn't doubt if they were trying to uh, – get mad at me for covering Gervonta before anyway or something. I don't know. I remember a, a while back there, someone called in and uh, prank called the show. Um, but I, I would have given you a try. That's for sure. And I, and I did warn you that you got to stay online. So it didn't knock you off. I could tell if it knocked you off, you didn't get knocked off. So I apologize. If you wanted to chime in, I would have let you chime in. And I apologize that you didn't get a chance to, you know, Prank call the show too, you know. I'll quick on that mute button. So go ahead, prank call. Um, anyway, um, so Usyk, yeah, I mean, in the perfect world, you know, for him too. Well, I shouldn't say him too, because <laughs> big money's big money. So yeah, in the perfect world to get another fight underneath his belt out of a weight class that he, you know, needs to keep acclimating to. In the end, maybe that's awesome. But I like his chances against Joshua more than I do. Fury. So, and Fury's big money. So, I don't know, man. And, and when I say it's over, I actually just got some messages. UK fight fans, I love you. And I wanted to be in Wembley so bad, just as much as you guys do. 
I really do. But I'm just saying, do you really think Wembley's going to put 90 G's, 90,000 people? In, not for the fight normally. Of course it will. Of course it will. Don't, don't, don't get at me on that one. Of course it will. But, or I should, I should say, of course it would. It would have. Um, but that's not the case, dude. You know, I doubt I, doubt, I want it to be. Shit, I, I work at a bar. You don't think I want this shit to improve? <laughs> I definitely want it to improve, dude. Especially cold weather. You can see the Midwest now that the cold weather is coming along, although it's nice today, but the cases have gone up. So I'm really hoping that we get over this hump. But I just don't see – I know it's outdoor. <laughs> I just got another message. It's outdoor. Hey, I want it to be, man. But if Saudi comes a-knocking, I mean – wouldn't Ruiz and Joshua would have? Wouldn't that have been cool when you could have done fans? Well, they didn't even do that for that. You, there's going to be more money in this than there is the. It is what it is. It is. I love UK fans. I've been huge on UK fans for so long. I've given a shout out on the show thousands of times. There are some people that just love Eddie Hearn too much, or get invested in it from a platform uh, deal. So um, it is what it is. Um, and someone's oh hey yeah that's right. Someone said oh I, I didn't get to my boxing Twitter much last week. You're right. I, I kind of got uh, well I wouldn't say sidetracked, but I kind of uh, I just ran out of time, man. I ran out of time. It's a live show, time show. I, I just ran out of time. That is true. I'll get I'll get some boxing Twitter going on this week or in a handful of minutes actually. Uh, by the way, Portland, I'm gonna go over a couple news items. But then if you're ready to go, if you're ready to go, um, wow, that's a weird, what? <laughs> okay, sorry. If you're ready to go, let me know. Um, if you're just chilling, that's cool, too. Um, and I'll text you just in case you were. Anyway, right now, Deontay Wilder, he came out. Um, really the only, the only, well, uh, you know, we always knew the glove stuff, glove gate, but he did, there's been people that said that they put stuff in the glove, not that he just had the glove in a weird spot and he showed the Ricky hat and pulled glove, he pulled the glove thing, whatever. The glove gate thing, we all know the glove looks fucking weird. We all know there were some issues with it actual glove. They're, they're clearly, in the, especially in the first fight, you could see that they were having issues with it. You can say that he had it down on his wrist if you want. That's cool. Um, I mean, it's not cool, but it is what it is. Um, you know, it is what it is. But it, it, if you thought that, then you should have, you know, the one thing I'll say, when you have a conspiracy theory, there are a couple of things nowadays that just trigger some people. It can be politics, it can be this, it can be that. But, like, for instance, there could be nothing wrong at all, 100%, right? And then when someone throws a towel on a camera in a locker room, which is what the Fury team did. We, I mean, I don't know if you guys saw it, but I, I definitely saw it. And it, it was They were talked about that he, they did put a, a, a towel on the camera in the locker room. So that lends itself to conspiracy theory, uh, and we are 
beyond conspiracy. You know, it used to be like the magic bullet uh, aliens, like, you know, like the magic bullet JFK, I'm saying. Like, at least we had some premise for some of this conspiracy. Now you're just like, <laughs> facts are just all over the place, you know? And, um, like, we have to call it Illuminati. It's not just rich people meeting to keep poor and middle income down. We got to cause something. Well, how about just, I mean, for for hundreds of years, thousands of years, people with wealth have had meetings to keep the to keep the little person down. But you can call it Illuminati if you want. That's fine. But, I mean, this is like normal shit. You know, this is how it goes. Look at our Congress. That's bought and paid for. My point is that allows it to run rapid. Now, like I said, the first fight, if you're going to look at the gloves, the first fight was way more like, what the fuck's wrong with that glove? And, you know, the way he was throwing his little uh, his clothesline hook and shit like that. The point is, he was playing dirty. He was roughhousing. The first knockdown was in the back of the head. The second fight, we all know that. But have we seen people get knocked down or get hit on the hip or get hit low or get an elbow here or get hit in the back of the neck? Or, you know, it's a rough and tumble fight. Now, I say that for this fight. I also say it for Kovalev Ward. I noticed there there is a thing there, and normally that has to do with what side you're on or race, right? So it's not okay for Ward to be rough to Kovalev, but it's okay for fight, you know, Fury to be. My point is, it's all the same to me. He just rough and tumbled him. That's all he did. I mean, I shouldn't say that's all. There's skill involved, and he did it really well. But if you're going to look at the glove, look at the first fight, not the second fight. The first fight is when it is weird. They admit having issues with the glove. There was issues with the glove. It, it was fucked up looking, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. But, you know, he says that there's this little, uh, what is it? Uh, not a, It's kind of like a shake weight, actually. No, but a little, they're saying that he had a dent on the side of his head, which he did. But we've seen dents on the side of people's heads. In fact, Arsino, I didn't watch the video, but I saw the, the, the thumbnail. And the image was a very similar image. Um, you know, of a dent in someone's head. So he's saying something that was really heavy. They put a dent, you know, in my skull. Um, okay, is it there still? Because when you say it's a dent in your skull, do dents in your skull go away? Can you dent your skull and then you just, it's like a, the side of your car, you just pop it out? Like, Can you just put some primer on that shit and it's just fine. It's, you just, just sand, you just sand it down, put some primer on it and you're good to go. Like, um, there is part of me that thinks he's trolling too, to, to build this fight. Um, and to, to turn into the super heel. I guess that's possible. Some people have said that, and I, you know, I'm willing to look in and, and take everything in and go, yeah, I process it, you know, um, but we heard about the spike thing, you know, the spike, the uh, spike test or the, the spike test, the spike drink, the water. We heard about that. Now we didn't hear who he thought he did it, who he thought he did. And I talked about the new guy he's got in his camp 
is the one who said, I know who spiked your water. Remember that tweet I, I, I read twice? I did it at the end of the show. I think I did it last week. And it was like, this is weird. So Malik Scott thought he was getting fired out of the camp. And he says, well, hey, I know there were some snakes in the grass. I didn't fuck with your water, but I know who did. Well, okay. So that's how you got back in the camp? <laughs> it's just weird. It's really weird. Um, but anyway, um, my thing about the spiked drink, so if they put something in there, it would have to be pretty, pretty potent to hit you that quick, right? Um, so did it show up in the drug test? Assuming you had to take a blood test right after the fight, I'm assuming you had to pee in the cup too. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure the protocol there's two protocols, one for the WBC, BADA, and one for the, the, the State Athletic Commission. The piss test is the State Athletic Commission, or it should be. It was for all these years, and they did a blood test. So if you're saying there's something in there, show me the fucking test, Deontay. Show me the test that says, why was there this in there? And wouldn't have you been at least red, you know, yellow flagged or something with that piss test? have been like, what's this in there? Because you can't have downers or uppers in your system, right? Is that true? Did he get his urine sample tested? Because that's what he should. If he didn't get his urine, I'm not saying he didn't because I don't know. But if he didn't get his urine tested, and I'm not saying like pee in the cup, here you go. I'm saying taking that. They have that pee. If you felt so shitty that night, you should have fucking said, hey, I need that tested, like, for everything. So that's my thing about the, the drug water. And some people think it's like a CTE thing. When we're dealing, like I said at the top of the show, if we're dealing with CTE, 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 we're talking about boxing, should have, uh, people have it. So it could be a, a nice, humble guy that doesn't say anything. It could be Miguel Cotto uh, that takes off. Um, it doesn't do the interview or Loma the other day. Well, they, they, they did walk him down, but he took off. You know, it could be guys that are super humble after a loss, but they have CTE. So, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I know George Foreman said a variety of stuff when it came to his loss against Ali. And one of them is he got drunk. So, you know, and I also know Vlad Klitschko, too. You know, Vlad had plenty to say, you know, after his loss. And it was this, it was that, it was everything except him, you know. Um, actually, here's, this is from uh, William Detloff on Twitter. We were talking, he was talking about this. Just a reminder that after getting stopped by Muhammad Ali, George Foreman said the ropes, oh, the, uh, that's what it was, too. The ropes were too loose. That's why he got knocked out, even though, Ali was the one who fucking spent the whole time on the ropes, right? Until late. His water was drugged, and he re- received a quick count. He didn't even know where he was. Uh, he also fired his trainer, Dick Sadler, and accused him of drugging him. You know what I mean? So you got to keep it all in perspective. That's what I try to do here, folks. Um, and after the Brewster fight, you know, Vlad turned out just fine, but he had it. Just Google, Google that. Google Vlad, Google, Google Vlad Klitschko, Brewster, excuses. That's what I did. 
just to remember exactly what he said when we were talking about this on Twitter and stuff like that. And, I mean, the proof is in the pudding. He turned out okay. He didn't have CT. Well, he may. We don't know. But I'm just saying, I'm not going to go down the for sure he's mentally screwed now. You know, some guys, you don't know until you lose. You don't know how people are. Maybe he's just a super, super duper poor sport. Randy Moss, a lot of people think he's the best receiver all time straight up. Jerry Rice has the records. He could do more routes. But Moss, as far as just that receiver that you need for one play or one game, a lot of people think he's the best, whatever. I'm biased because, you know, he got drafted by the Vikings. But when they'd be losing, he quit on routes. Now, he'd take the safety in the corner with him, but he'd be like, I'm good, I'm good. You know what I mean? Like, hey. And he was just a poor sport, dude, you know? Now, people love his ass. I mean, there's so many people that would like to go fishing with him in Minnesota because he fishes so much. Um, he's People love him in the media now, but before, remember, they hated his ass. Um, so it is what it is. Um, it sounds like a lot of excuses. And if this, if you felt this really happened, you know, he said there's more to come. All right, well, let me see the piss test. Well, I mean, I don't want to see. But let me see the drug, because if someone drugged you, there's drugs in your piss. <laughs> you see how that works? So, okay. And then I want to I want to hear the interview from the doctor that said it have to be, the dent is from this period, and that that doctor better have some experience in this when it comes to head trauma. And it'd be nice if if he had already looked at other boxers too, because every sport's a little different. Uh, getting hit in the helmet or getting hit, hit in the head with a helmet on, helmet to helmet's different than getting hit with a hand. So anyway, um, or well, a glove, whatever. So yeah, um, everybody wanted him to speak. I really didn't know why people wanted him to speak so much because it's always going to retire. That was all the UK stuff. Oh, he's going to retire. It's like, dude, he exercised the rematch. He wanted the rematch. And then people say, well, he never should have. And, and Shelly Finkel and Al Heyman, they never should have let this, you know, they exercised the rematch clause and they had an extension. Well, they should have put enough. They need to, they need to go negotiate another extension. It's like, dude, clearly, clearly Tyson Fury's not going to, you have to be on board to have an extension clause, you know, to, to, to extend it. <laughs> you can't, both parties have to agree. And remember, Bob Aram's the one who told us all this. He said, the both, you know, both both uh, networks. And by the way, I, I just see your text. I'll be right with you, Portman. He said both Fox and ESPN, and it's obvious now that college football was all the way back. I knew they were going to have a problem with that date anyway. Um, but January or the exact same weekend probably that they did the fight the first time. If you don't want to fight in January or February, then you're not going to extend the, the second – they had to move the date. That means he was out of the contract, and he took that route. I'm not saying he ducked him, but he took that route. And this is the second time he didn't give someone a rematch. Klitschko, obviously he did. And when we talk about cheating, I got to see proof. I got to see proof. But I'll say this. Another thing when we talk about you know the conspiracy thing, when you see someone throw a towel on the camera, you're going to have some conspiracy period. That did happen. I understand that opens the floodgates. The 
floodgates are already open. This just opens it wider. But he did cheat in the past. He did pop for the, remember it was the wild boar. It was the wild boar that had this stuff in it. But he got caught with steroids or HGH, whatever. And he did get caught with it years ago after, you know, the Klitschko thing. And, well, he got caught with cocaine too. But that's, to me, that's not really cheating unless you're doing it the night of the if you're doing cocaine in camp, you're not. That's not giving you a good thing. You know what I mean? And that wasn't in camp. I don't think. Well, maybe it was right when the camp started. So he does have a track record of cheating, sure. But he's also got a track record of just random shit. And I'm not making fun of anybody that has depression or anything like that. But the guy says one thing and then does the other and does the other and says one thing. I mean, you know, he. Obviously, he has, some, has had some trouble in his life. It's very positive now. It does seem like he's very positive. He's turned his life around as far as staying in shape and everything like that. And his mental health is good. And, and so that, that part, I'm really happy for Tyson Fury. Um, you know, he said some other stuff, <laughs> you know, this summer that was pretty ridiculous. But, you know, it is what it is. My point is, I got to see the actual proof. And if you're gonna go with the gloves thing, the first the first fight is way more funky than the second fight. But yeah, show me. I want to hear the doctor say something about the dents in your head. Gotta see the, the drug test. The urine would show the drug that you say was in the water bottle. Well, if you took you did take a piss test and you took a blood test after the fight, so. It's going to be in there somewhere, won't it? I mean, won't it be in your piss if you do that? I mean, if it, if if someone's going to get, like, if you if you feel good in the locker room, you start drinking some water, and then by the time you get out to the ring, you're like, whoa, what the fuck? You're like, faded, right? It's like, I hate to put it this way, but the date rate drunk, right? That type of thing. Um, it's going to show. It's going to show in the urine test. So he can't, he can't, like, I wish he just, if he thought all that, keep it in your head. And then release it maybe when this fight's signed, and then, then you can kind of use it as building the fight. Right now, it just sounds like excuses. Um, oh, what did I say? Oh, I didn't really actually – I kind of skipped ahead. Gervonta, uh, you know, I don't know who he's going to fight next. You know, if you talk to Ryan Garcia, and if you talk to Gervonta, and you talk to Oscar, and you talk to uh, Leonard Ellaby, it did sound like they had – they were both going to fight in the summer, and then they were going to fight each other to close out the year. That's what it looked like. Now, I don't think they do that fight until they get a crowd back, to be honest with you. Um, I guess maybe Saudi would put up some money. Maybe the MGM would put up some money because they're like, fuck it, dude. But my guess is that fight would have to happen with a Staples Center or MGM packed. That's just my opinion. Um, now, Gary Russell Jr., it's another um, really, really good fight. Um, obviously, Tank's going to need some time off, so maybe Gary can get a fight in in December at 130. Like he said, I'm still going to – I thought he was uh, – thinking it was actually Fortuna that he was thinking about. Actually, didn't he say lightweight? So maybe – I don't know. Maybe he'd go to lightweight. I'm not sure. I know he can make 130. But he – you know, he – He chimed in, too. Uh, so I wouldn't doubt if they put that tank fight together at some point. Um, tank and, uh, and Devin Haynes, 
Kurt and Gary Russell. I, I wouldn't doubt that. Um, I just don't know if it would be that key, to be honest with you. It does sound like that Ryan Garcia is actually on the table. Now, how that works out, the zone and everything like that, I don't know. And, and I and I, I highly doubt, not to say the zone wouldn't put up money for that fight, because I know they would. I'm pretty sure they would, but right now they're pretty clogged up. Like like I said, I think they'd put up more money, uh, like a lot of money for that fight, but they're clogged up right now with the whole Golden Boy thing. Of course, the Campbell and Garcia fight was made, and some other fights were made, Mia Johnson and whatnot, but I don't know. I'm not really sure. Not really sure. In your way, is it uh, Casemiro? Um, we've heard a couple different uh, fights for him. I'm not sure if that's next because that was the planned fight. That would have been PBC in top rank, but you're not going to hear that uh, from people. But that fight was scheduled to happen. Um, so, yeah. Let's see. I, I do have some other fight news, and, and definitely I'll catch up on some boxing Twitter couple of folks that I, I I left you hanging on the boxing Twitter list. I will not do that. I'm sorry. I just ran out of time. I do have some more silly and random tweets for you. I'm going to go ahead and bring in Portland. 503. Yo, yo, what up? What up? What up, Chris? How you doing, brother? Doing good, man. That was nice. That was nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just getting my, uh, my workout done. But <laughs> just chilling, brother. Hey, yo, yo, uh, just uh, doing good here, bro. Uh, you know, rainy ass Oregon. Uh, fucking here, admitting defeat. Uh, let me congratulate uh, Tank Davis uh, for uh, proving me wrong with the weight and in the fight. <laughs> Damn. But uh, but sure, boy, man. Fucking Leo Santa Cruz, boy, man, dude. This dude put it put it on, man. And uh, and what I what I love about the fight is that he this dude like Leo. I thought Leo was gonna dance around for six rounds, and but no, here he here he was, you know, met uh met Davis toe to toe, and uh, you know you gotta respect that, and uh, you know, and uh, not only that, but uh, you know, in a way, not only that, but in a way, you know, Davis did win the war, but I feel like, in my opinion, I mean my opinion, but uh, I feel like Santa Cruz won the battle just because we saw more of a. Um, you know, Davis getting hit and uh, not not normal. You know, he doesn't normally get hit like that very often. I mean, you look at his look at his eye. You know what I mean? He uh, he had some swelling there at the end of the fight. And I mean, you're talking about a you know a light puncher in a Leo Santa Cruz. So, uh, <laughs> but man, uh, yeah. So I, I don't. To me, it's just Leo. Leo put it on. Uh, I can't say nothing negative about this fight. Uh, Davis showed up, man. He was looking for that one punch. He got it at the at the sixth round, man. He. He got it. <laughs> that's that's all I could say. He caught him at the perfect time, the perfect moment. And uh, yeah, I just thought, in, in all honesty, right at that moment, I don't know if you no, saw it too, Chris. Yeah. Yeah, that that was one clean punch. And uh, but no, but uh, but also like like uh, um, I was saying that uh, right before that, there was a moment like before that uh, knockout, maybe like a second, two seconds in there. Uh, I don't know if you noticed it too, but I saw like Leo kind of gasp, like some air there. And I was like, oh shit. And then that's when he was backing up and he got caught there. And I was like, oh, fuck. And uh, to me, man, uh, I was disappointed to me. Uh, you know, uh, Leo's, Leo's my guy going into this fight. Uh, it's always me, you know, crazy view on Mexico every day. Uh, man, it was just, it was sad, man. It was just, to me, it was sad just because I had fucked, man. That, he got knocked out, sparked. And, uh, 
man, he, he looked he looked out for a little bit. And also, too, man, I wanted to, you know, it's funny. Uh, now, I wanted to talk about, like, you know, a little bit of a KO protocol, like, after you get KO'd. Like, um, why isn't that there's a protocol that you take off the gloves? Like, they're kind of just, you know, rubbing his chest, shaking him up. And I was like, man, I was kind of like, I know I've seen Robert Garcia talk about, uh, you know, taking off the gloves there. And, you know, once someone gets knocked out, it should be, that should be like protocol. I don't know. That's just my opinion. Cause like Derek's kind of, I don't know. Uh, he was out for a little bit, man. It, it did look scary for a moment, man. That was uh that was one, uh, yeah. one sick knockout, man. And for casual fans and it's good, you know, it sucks too, man. And I'll, and I'll admit this, bro, man, it, you know, it sucks. Now this is like a highlight reel for Davis. So it's like, you know, we're yeah. going to see this constantly. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, bro. Wow. Not only that, they had all the celebrities talking about it that, you know, Saturday mm. and Sunday, the whole weekend, bro, and LeBron, you know, you name it, man. Any big, you know, athlete, any big uh, yep. kind of uh, a casual fan, you know, they all saw it and, you know, fuck, man. So it became viral. So, but, you know, shout out to Davis for, you know, it was just an incredible knockout. So I, I don't want to take too much from him because he, he earned that knockout, you know what I mean? And, uh, but, yeah, but what an incredible well, fight for both, man. Yeah, even in that round before he – because he got clipped. I know what you're talking about. Even before he got near the ropes, he had got clipped. You could tell he was a, he was effective from that shot, and then that was the start to the ending. But before he got clipped in that round, before well, before he ultimately got clipped, but even before that other punch, he was winning the round at the start and middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, man. And not only too. What's up with the with the shaky uh, scorecards from the from the judges, man? What do you think about that? Did you think that was just, or it was kind of swaying one way? Like I don't know. I'm not big. I'm not a big uh, scorecard guy. Like I just kind of let it be. You know what I mean? I just kind of go by what the fight ends up being and go what by the, the decision. Cards? But it was like I, I remember like the the, uh, the the what's up? What were the cards? I don't remember. I think they had that. I think they had Davis like wide. I think they they had Davis wide, and I thought I thought in my opinion, uh, Leo Santa Cruz was doing better. Like kind of like after uh, you know, like I I don't know. I think I I think he might have stolen the first. I don't know, uh, second, third, and maybe fourth. But I don't know. Davis, but I thought it was a little bit closer to fight. Uh, This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm. Good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. Whether you're moving in together for the first time, this can be your closet. Or you're a new parent to a little fur baby. Viva paper towels can help you maintain a clean home. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. So they clean like cloth, helping you pick up after your new pet in your new home. For an exceptional cloth-like clean, use Viva towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more and start fresh with a clean feeling of home. Um, then, then what the judges had it because I think I remember them just having it was just wide for Davis and uh, I don't know, but. Like you said, I, I don't know. Uh, oh, three to two for David. Three to two for David. Okay. Going into the see, but I don't know. Yeah, I didn't see the okay. card. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's just like I remember seeing that. Maybe I was like, what, what's up with that? You know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it could have been, but uh, I don't know. I thought Leo was because he had a he had a good output. Like I don't know, he was throwing some some really good fucking shots at Davis. Man, there was some good some good shots. It's just that I wish I just wish uh, Leo just had more uh, power there, man. He would have. Definitely made some noises, man. Because Davis was getting hit, man. 
And uh, but yeah, but but nothing but respect to, to both men. And uh, what, what an incredible fight! And not only too, but that pay per view, man, that was the worst uh, pay per view buying in my opinion. Just like from top to bottom, um, the Isaac uh, fight, um, the uh, Mario Barrios uh, Regis progress, and that uh, like I think I think it was solid. The way all the fights ended, pretty much all knockouts. Like I think it was beautiful. Just before, I mean, <laughs> coming coming off that. Uh, the, the Charlo uh, pay-per-view, I don't know. It's just, I mean, in my honest opinion, I get that kind of, you know, dragged out for a little bit. But, uh, but this one, no, this one was, this one was solid, man. This one was good. And, uh, but, uh, but yeah, all like all of them get, got the win. And, and also too, man, let me shout out to uh, uh, Hyman Munguia, you know, stopping um, his opponent. I stand, I forget his name, but uh, he busted up his lip, man. That was a, uh, that was, that was an, <laughs> that was a pretty gross and like Halloween kind of, thing going on that was kind of weird but uh but yeah he split that his you know his lip man that that looked crazy if uh you know if casual fans are listening they should go check out that fight because man that was a that was a good uh set, uh i mean a uh, friday uh friday fight for a uh, golden boy and everything so but yeah man as far as that man i you know don't have too much to say man i just want to also uh you know uh congratulate uh congratulate davis one more time it's an incredible fight and and to me i think this this is uh this was a perfect uh fight for him to to like uh dip his toes in pay-per-view i think i think it did great man uh, uh i have I've only, I've only seen positive things about this card uh you know what i mean so uh for that and uh but yeah man and um and also too like, yeah, let me comment on the the tyson theory uh deontay wilder thing like uh i think uh deontay wilder the the, the video you know that uh i don't know you know what i mean i don't know what to think it's uh i, I just want to see the third fight <laughs> this is interesting now you know what I mean? The, yeah. This uh, this whole gloves situation. You know what I mean? And uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know too much about gloves, but uh, the, the way he was kind of showing that evidence, there was there was some weird. I don't know. There are some questions. I mean, everybody wants to know. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. You know what I mean? I just want to see the third fight. But um, but yeah, man. As far as that, man. Uh, let me get out of here. And also, too, Chris. Uh, let me just uh, let me say uh, today's election day. So you know, uh, stay safe out there, Chris. You know, uh, you know what I mean. And uh, everybody listening, stay safe. Everybody, you know. Uh, you know, how, you know, just stay safe and, uh, you know, God bless America. You know, uh, viva Ropa Dope and viva Mexico. There you go, man. I appreciate you chiming in. That's a good – everybody Everybody, take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. Even if something happens, we're going to just get through it. got to get through it. Try to think of the country first. I know that's tough in times, and I know a lot of people are passionate. I'm sure passionate about a variety of stuff. But um, including that topic, but it is what it is. You know what I mean? There's not much. Um, well, it is what it is. Um, and I checked really quick. According to Coppinger, the score. You know what? Maybe, maybe you saw the uh, the scorecard for the Showtime uh, card because the scorecards were 48-47, all three of them, all which is pretty dope. I mean, I had it three to two, so maybe that's biased. But for all three of them to be a point difference, 48-47 at the time of the knockdown, that's three to two. So they actually were legit uh, because could you make an argument two to three, you know, three to two for Santa Cruz? Sure. But um, they weren't wide. Maybe it was the scorecard, uh, you know, like the broadcast scorecard that you would see. Because I, I was like, yeah, I guess I didn't really see that either. Um as far as Javante, though, we'll, we'll finish on uh, fight news and some really fun boxing Twitter stuff. Fanboys really uh, not too happy about stuff. Not even from this weekend. I still have a couple that I didn't get to from the weekend before. Um, 
Ryan Garcia, this is from Boxing Scene. Ryan Garcia, I'm extremely confident I can beat Gervonta Davis down, he said. Which, you know, no surprise there. Um, he said, I'm extremely confident I'd beat that boy down. He's just a big bully. Um, although, you know, at 135, how tall Garcia is, he, he's pretty big for his weight, too. Uh, we all know we both can knock people out, that's for sure. We all know we can put people to sleep that don't belong in the ring with us. Oh, that don't belong in the ring with us. But one day we got to step up and go against someone who can get, who can also get slept. And that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to, hold on, it's cut off there. I'm trying to get in there and give fans a fight they'll remember for the rest of their lives. Uh, he said it didn't even make my pulse go up when he said stop it back out. Uh, don't run away from specialness, he said. I can hit like that, too. I can hit like that, too, he said. So, um, of course, that would be great if, if it were to happen. Um, we'll see. Uh, as far as this weekend, like I mentioned, it's pretty light. The Actually, the one that I'm kind of at prospect level, anyway, the, uh, um, what is it, Stanosius? Is it Stan, Staniosis? Uh, and Justin Deloach. Anyway, it's like he's had like, what, 10 or 11 fights or 12 fights as a prospect. Take it on Justin De, De Leoch, who actually, uh, who actually just fought in August in, in a first-round knockout of, what was it, Castillo? He was an unbeaten prospect, but he tore him up. So uh, he's back um, November 4th um, tomorrow, Wednesday, FS1 card. Heads up for that. Um November 6th, this is kind of weird, St. Petersburg, Florida, Impact Network. You know, the Impact Network was supposed to have uh, an impact. Uh, but this is a, a next-day tape. So it's a it's a tape delay, which is kind of funky uh, nowadays. But it is what it is. Um, then, of course, Devin Haney and Eureka Scambola um, on zone. So we'll see. You know, Another thing that people forget, but it really probably doesn't matter, is the winner of Campbell and Ryan Garcia, the WBC did order that they would fight Devin Haney and Gamboa, the winner back. Now, will that actually happen? I don't believe so. Um, I think the money's there for the zone. I think they'd want to make those both fights, but I, I just I highly doubt both of those guys um, are going to go in there. At this early stage, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. And then Luis Ortiz uh, returns on Fox November as well, November seventh, I should say as well. This is the one, like I mentioned, it was supposed to be Ruiz and Ariola, and they were just going to have a heavyweight themed card. Well, they're still having the heavyweight themed card, but I sure would have liked Ruiz and Ariola to be. <coughs> excuse me. Oh man, um, the main event. Frank Sanchez against Brian Howard. Prospect level, that's not that bad. And same with uh, Michael uh, Kofi. He's taking on Joey Ice, Joey Abel, eight rounds heavyweight. Carlos Negron is on the undercard as well. Um, you know, that's about it. There's a card from Philly, card from uh, Bonita Springs, Florida. With K-900 Johnny, oh boy. Um, yeah, that's about it. So a light weekend, obviously, but it is what it is. Um, so like I said, the rest of it will be fight news and just news in general from boxers like the one about Adrian 
Broner, and then also uh, the boxing Twitter segment. Uh, I'll definitely get that in, and I won't miss that like I did last week. Uh, Judge in Cleveland um, yesterday, uh, Monday, tossed professional boxer Adrian Broner in jail after holding him in contempt of court as part of a civil lawsuit filed by a woman he uh, assaulted in some form or fashion in a nightclub in 2018. Um, and basically, uh, Judge Nancy Margaret Russo found that she sounds like she should have a show. It's Judge Russo. Uh, 31-year-old Broner failed to cooperate with multiple deadlines she set for him uh, to hand over documents and other evidence showing why he was not able to pay the more than 800000 judgment uh, the judge ordered him to pay the woman in December. Uh, Russo called, and this is the, we've seen this now a fair amount uh, in a variety of ways this summer as well. And not just boxers, but athletes and, uh, I mean, other people in general, just a random person putting something on Instagram and they get in trouble, you know, and you're like, dude, what are you doing? Anyway, he, uh, she cited a, a uh, Instagram video post th- uh, this week uh, showing Broner handling large stacks of money after saying in an October 5th court filing uh, uh, that he had just over $13 in cash. Um, Russo ordered Broner to remain in jail until he provides complete and truthful information. And she basically was like, the jig is up today. Um, so uh, my guess is we're going to see him back in the ring pretty soon, and I bet you he won't need what he was asking for. Remember, he kept asking for uh, some real deal money. Okay, um, so Terrence Crawford and Kel Brook, which is not this weekend, it's next weekend, will be shown live on Premier Sports in the U.K. on November 14th. So U.K. fans, I know you're not happy about this. Um, it's a nine, 9.99 quid uh, monthly subscription. But, yeah, it'll be shown on Premier Sports in the U.K. November 14th. Um, so you got to pay – well, it's actually less than it normally would be, right? It's about half the price, maybe a little less than half the price. So I guess that's the positive. You know, maybe you can get a free month or something. I doubt they'll do that, though. Um, Demetrius Andre is scheduled to fight Dusty Hernandez Harrison on November 7th or November 27th on the zone, but it's possible Boo Boo will face a different opponent. Um, when Dusty accepted the 186 pound non-title fight, he was way overweight. Demetrius Ballard is being explored. And this was a chunk of days back. Uh, this is Coppinger, October 28th, but I did remember seeing that, uh, Dusty said, I'm, I'm good, dude. What are you talking about? I'm fine. <laughs> so, I don't know. Um, Eddie Hearn has said he expects to renew the matchroom boxing matchroom. No, I thought that was no, matchroom boxing deal with uh, Sky Sports. Despite the arrival of Disown in the UK, he revealed they are already in talks about extending the contract, which is due to expire next year. Um, that's from IFL TV there in the UK. So, you know, obviously people. Folks are probably thinking it's going to be the zone, but if it's on the zone, then it's just like an extra thing that you got to pay for. Would they do pay-per-views over there? I don't know because obviously they're about to have a launch, you know, that big launch uh, worldwide. Uh, Michael Conlon had a fight 
with uh, Isaac Dogbo scheduled for December 5th on the undercard of Tyson Fury's fight, but it's not going to happen now. Conlon had suffered an ankle ligament injury. Wow. And it's been run out for 8 to 12 weeks. So hopefully Conlon, uh, you know, is able to recoup. Oh, speaking of recouping, and I know some 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 fanboy fan base of Lomachenko is not going to like this one. Tiafima Lopez will be out five to six weeks after undergoing surgery on his right foot. So, sounds like they were both hurt in the fight, some form or fashion. Uh, this is from the Business Mirror. Bob Arum has said there are very good possibilities that they will revive the Inoue and Casamiora fight for February and March. The WBA, IBO, or IBF, WBO notification was due to happen in April, like I said. But the, you know, the, the fight got a little mixed up with money. That would be just a fun fight to watch, dude. That would be just an all-action fight, man. I hope that happens. Okay, Alex, this is a blessing in disguise. Much how we, you know, some of us think uh, Wilder not fighting Fury might be a blessing in disguise for him in his career instead of taking back-to-back losses like that. Um, this might be good for Dillian White as far as just uh, rest, getting some time out of the ring. Alexander Povekin versus Dillian White, too, has been postponed as Povekin has tested positive for coronavirus, and he's actually in the hospital. And Eddie Hearn has said the new target date is January 30th. So, um, and I know Eddie Hearn was already like, we'll fight, we'll fight uh, Fury, we'll fight Fury. Um, which I, I can understand him saying that. Um, it is what it is. And I don't know if I talked about this last week or not, but um, Steve Kim, formerly of ESPN, and also Michael Coppinger uh, talked about this. Jared Ennis and Thomas. Uh, Delorme have a deal for December 12th on the undercard of uh, Donaire and Ubali. The best opponent, uh, this is Coppinger, the best opponent of Boots' career, good step up, blah, 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 and it was first reported by uh, Steve Kim. So, I do like that fight, by the way. Ennis and Delorme, that's a nice step-up fight. Delorme is not a chump. He is, you know, he just fought in August, so he's going to be fresh. Uh, it's not like he took a just a, a crazy beating or something like that so that's good that's a really good fight for boots and that we were wondering you know how they're going to operate and and how they're going to get him some fights because he is that high risk low reward right now which especially if you're on the pbc side and you have other options that are more 50 50 you know it's like hey for just as much money maybe even more uh, in a in a harder fight right like I'm saying, if, you know, fighting uh, uh, Thurman, Keith Thurman on his comeback or something like that, you'd make more money than you'd make, you know, fighting him probably. So that's good. I'm glad for uh, for Boots. That's, that's a nice one. That's, that's, that's really dope. Um, what else we got for news? I think that's it. Otherwise, like I said, I do have a fair amount of just funny, funny stuff. Oh, well, here we go. Uh, this is from a little bit back. I don't know if I read this one. Vasily Lomachenko's manager, Igis Klimas, has claimed that his pops, Lomas' pops, said he wanted uh, Lomachenko to withdraw from the Tiafima Lo- uh, Lopez fight as he had two injections during the camp, uh, which impacted his training uh, 
on a shoulder injury, but he refused and threatened to retire if it didn't happen. That, that's what uh, is being reported on ESPN anyway. So, um, oh, here's some other news. Terry O'Connor, uh, the guy who had a horrible scorecard, and although it looked like he, they say he was looking at the scorecard, but his thumb was kind of active, and he had his, you know, he had his phone in his hand. Was it on on the phone? Do they use apps there or something like that? But anyway, Terry O'Connor um, has been cleared by the British Boxing Board of Control after convincing them he did not have a phone with him at ringside when he was judging last Saturday's. It was the Ritz and Vasquez, a picture of O'Connor looking at what appeared to be a phone in his hand during the eighth round. Uh, widely circulated. Others claimed it was a trick of the light. Oh, it was a trick of the light. and was actually his pen and scorecard. Okay. Huh. Because I saw a thumb. But yeah, maybe it was an angle. Sometimes I saw, I saw a thumb. Like when I say thumb, you know, like paging through. But I guess they have enough video evidence. Well, okay, so they got that figured out. Now we got to figure out why the fuck his scorecard sucked. You know, so it's all kind of there. Uh, Bob Aaron, this is from a little while back. I I knew Tiafimo Lopez was good, but I didn't realize how good he was. Bob Aaron admits he underestimated Tiafimo Lopez, which is kind of crazy, being that he talked about Loma and Ali, but his own guy, he, he underestimated that much. Um, the kid surprised me in the sense that I knew he was good, but I didn't realize how good he was uh, because we never seen a performance by him like this. We always saw him go out and whack some poor unfortunate guy out. And that's all we thought he had. But obviously he has more. Wow. So the you talk about some poor sap. You're the one who fucking matched him with the poor sap, dude. Some poor freaking unfortunate guy knocking him out. Wow, Bob. Why don't you tell us how you really feel? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, all right. So I got about nine minutes left, give or take. I'll, I'll do boxing tour. Okay, I, this is now boxing Twitter is like some really good shit uh, because there's some really you know just awesome tweets where you're like oh I agree with that but a lot of it's just some fanboy funny shit that just makes you scratch your head and anyone that interacts on boxing Twitter people have been sending me this stuff you know they can relate to this segment that's why some people like this segment I promise you that right now Al Heyman <laughs> Al Heyman is hoping. That Danny beats Errol. The fix might be in even. Heyman knows that if Errol lost to Danny, PBC can start the whole new round of in-house rematches while avoiding Crawford altogether. Don't want to break your bubble, but get ready for it. So Heyman... (laughs) So Heyman, who never wants... So this guy's probably going to say, you know, he never wants him to lose because but then, you know, now he's going to make him lose. <laughs> the fix is in. And I guess Spence knows about it then? I don't know. Um, I guess the only conspiracy angle you could take is you could you could always blame it on the car, actually. Um, Eddie Hearn, we do have too many belts. The UFC model, one promotional company in one belt. That's where I want to go. Or that's why I want to get it in boxing. We're putting a blueprint together for that. It's something we're going to push hard for in 2021. One promotional company, one belt. 
running the whole sport. And uh, Fred commented, this is, this is the guy the zone hired to uh, do their U.S. boxing, a man completely unaware of the federal law governing the scenario. Jake Donovan, one of my favorite, if not favorite, actually, um, in the media, WBO is calling for a resolution of 154-pound fight between Patrick Teixeira and Brian Castaño. Golden Boy uh, has 10 days to provide a date and a location. Sources have informed uh, boxing scene Jake that uh, the bout will be targeted for the undercard of Garcia Campbell, which would be dope. And this was about six days ago. So we should be hearing. Um, it looks like it, I don't know how much more news it is. I think it's a lot of boxing Twitter. Okay, why is it a draw? How come it's a draw when one card shows the winner? Example, tonight's Showtime card. Two judges had it a draw, but the other scored had it for Clayton. I never got that. A draw should be all three scorecards are the same, or one card for opponent A, another for opponent B, and an equal card. But you got to have two out of three. That's how you get the majority. Um, did Lopez land in? Oh, my God. Did Lopez land any highlight punches? If you look at the Loma, oh, God, this is great. If you look at this Lopez and Loma highlight video, you would have thought Loma won. Well, during the fight, you would have thought Loma was winning because they kept showing his highlights. This was such a weird fight since the winner only won by activity while while having almost no punches to put in a highlight video as his shots were mostly blocked and he was punching air. <laughs> Ask uh, Loma's body how that felt. Um, why was Tiafimo allowed to stiff arm and push Loma? He did it all night. That's illegal. Anytime Loma would get up close, he would push him and stiff arm him. Tiafimo can't fight on the inside, and he got exposed hard for this. Well, both of them are doing rough stuff, so I don't have a problem with that. Not to discredit Lopez, you started discrediting right away. But I've wa- I've watched, not everybody else, Chris Lloyd. I've watched Loma since 2010. He's never looked so flat. Not at the World, not at the Olympics, not at the WBS or a pro. You just don't have those 25 years of movement patterns at 32. Oh, you, yeah, you just don't lose the 25 years of movement patterns at 32. I don't think he had the same movement pattern at 7 and 8, but whatever, with the life he lives. And an injury explains didn't see from him, and I don't think he'd lie about that. There's a lot of things. I, I and thinks. <laughs> I think, you know. And it's funny because I go to that and I see a tweet, and it looks like a retweet or a tweet from Montero. And remember he said that, you know, it, it has to be six to six or eight to four, and basically he didn't. He retweeted somebody saying he didn't really land the telling any telling shots. Which come on, Lopez didn't land the telling shots. But here's another one that's like either a tweet or retweet. It's it's as a media member, it's 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 over the top. It's over the top. This is another narrative from the Loma attackers. You're really getting defensive here. There was no turning featherweight in the 2012. 12 or 2000 Olympic Games, AIBA, you know, is bringing back for they're bringing it back for 2020, 2020, 2021. Loma's 2012 Olympic run at lightweight had nothing to do with him 
not being able to make feather. The point is he did that, that, you know, he won that, the gold medals at a higher weight class, that 132, right? Okay, great. That's just too much like, dude, are you really? Like you're still, he can make featherweight. We know he can make featherweight. We know he can make 130. Um, I think we can all agree Lomachenko won the fight by wide margin. The 119-109 judge should never work again. Okay, that's fair. That's absurd. They just don't know what they're watching. They don't know what they're watching. Or she doesn't know what she's watching. Okay, with that scorecard. But you thought Loma won by a wide margin? Come on. Um, this is from uh, Tom uh, Cody. Tiafimo is managed by split uh, team management. Josh Tiller is managed by MT- MTK Globo. And Jose Ramirez is managed by um, – um, what the hell is his name? But Tiafimo – the Teofimo's run at 140 is going to involve some interesting behind-the-scenes politics at top rank, and that is something that, uh, you know. Okay, so this guy said, and he's, you know, pro-Ukrainian, like crazy, some crazy scoring fights with no audience during the pandemic. I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to rob him. That's what he said first. He said, yep, we saw a robbery. That's not how you become an undisputed champion. This was the worst, this was at worst a draw and provided that Loma had three belts versus one, no one could contest the split decision going Loma's way. He didn't win seven rounds, sorry. But that's what European, especially Eastern European fighters get in the U.S., even when they're the pound for pound best. So it's a rob. So, so at worst, it was a, a draw, but he won the fight. I rewatched the fights two times now, scoring it blow by blow. So this guy was going blow by blow. Each round, he wrote down the... Tiafimo won five or six rounds, with the 12th round being very hard to score. It wasn't that hard to score, actually. Loma definitely had at least six rounds in the bag. In the bag? Where did he get him in the bag? You mean by the 11th round he had him in the bag? When you got when you say in the bag, that means you built up rounds. See, people use this terminology. It was in the bag. What bag are you fucking talking about, dude? He didn't win a round. He maybe won the second, but he didn't win another round for the seventh. So how much did he stack this shit up in the bag? Give me a break, dude. Um, Eastern European always need to win all the rounds to get the knockout. This is a shame. Uh, I disagree, bro. I had Lopez winning 115-113, but I swung a couple close rounds his way. It could easily have gone either way. At best, there's another dude. At best, Lopez won six rounds. At best. But it's just because he's more marketable. This is Devin Haney. Tune in November 7th on The Zone. Watch the highest-paid lightweight champion in the world, Bob and Max, can kiss my cash. <laughs> the highest pay. I don't think he is, actually. Um, Tank Davis had a lot of difficulty with sentences and words at his presser. This has to be the last cut to 130. He's in hell right now, slurring words. And by the way, Steve Kim actually retweeted that. Um, and it's going to cut me off at some point here. I'm just going to keep going and see when it happens. It's in that area. This is McGregor uh, basically saying, hey, you know, I'm, be- I'm a better boxer now than three years ago. And here's a uh, fan. Connor's sitting down on a corkscrew uppercut. That's such like an MMA move uh, or terminology. Connor sitting down on a corkscrew uppercut in 2020 puts Floyd, Mether- Floyd Mayweather to sleep undoubtedly. In 2017, Conor still had a very bouncy, light-on-his-feet style suitable for his kicks. 
would definitely be different this time with adjustments. So he said an upper a corkscrew uppercut is knocking Mayweather fresh the fuck out. That's what he said. <laughs> oh wow, this was worth getting to. One more, and then we'll shut it down. Oh, it actually did shut down. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. You know what this is? A commercial? Right, and you know what that means. <gasps> Time for a snack? Wrong. I want you to do some heart-healthy exercise. Yes, you! Try some seated leg extensions right now. Just lift each leg up and extend it straight one at a time, six to eight times. I can do that. Yes, you can. Remember, every commercial is a chance to sneak in heart-healthy activity. Visit findexerciseanywhere.com and speak with your doctor to learn more about the risks of heart failure.